Welcome to another episode of The Thoughtful Ho. I am your host, The Thoughtful Ho, and today we have Twyla Be Good. Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about you, and I want our listeners to also learn about all the things that you do and what you have coming up in the future. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a certified sexologist, or you might um, refer to me as a certified clinical sexuality coach. And what that means is I simply coach uh, individuals on how to have a more intimate and erotic sex life. And so part of my coaching and classes, I go over your diet. I go over how to talk to your partner. I even go out and design your room for sex because, you know, the bedroom plays a role when it comes to intimacy. And so it's like, does your room reflect or convey that message of intimacy or sex? So I also help in that area as well. And the classes are fun, educational. Like I said, they're for singles and couples. And that's what I do. And I love it. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, honey. I love that. I think that that's so cool. When you go into someone's bedroom, I feel like that's such a personal thing, right? So when people are inviting you into their room and their space, their safe space, like that means that they want your help and they're willing to have it, right? So Exactly. That is, and it creates a sense of trust. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's that aspect of trust that's involved. So they're literally trusting you to mm-hmm. help them have a more pleasurable life. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that, that speaks volumes for me to, to come out and go into your room and change things up. And, you know, so I enjoy it. I really do. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I have my newfound friend here. I'm gonna have to have a little FaceTime conference meeting with you about my room and see what you could do for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to learn. I need help. <laughs> Get you some erotic art, furniture, um, erotic books like poetry, all of that, the lights, you know, all of that um, makes the room inviting for intimacy. Like if you have a pile of clothes on the bed. Or a pile of papers on the desk. That's not sexy at all. (laughs) Not at all. No one wants to be like getting into the mood and then pull a sock off their sweaty back. (laughs) That's that's not sexy. (laughs) At all. No. Mm -mm. So So that's part of my business. Why did you want to become a sexuality coach? So I started with erotic poetry and I enjoyed getting on stage, creating uh, that fantasy and that reality, sharing my stories. And then I would dress the parts. So when I would talk about kink and BDSM, I would wear the collar with the leash and get into character. And then people would come up and they were like, you know what? I like how you are expressing yourself. This is something that I do. You know, I'm into to the kink and BDSM. And so I was like, huh, let me make this into a business. So of course, during COVID, when we were all at home, I went online and signed up for online classes to get my certification. 
And here we are. And I just, you know, kind of evolved the brand and the business over the course of about two years now on how I want it to be. So from trial and error, figuring out what works, what doesn't work. I enjoyed the teaching aspect of it. So I was like, I can create classes. I'm working on a curriculum now. And so it's it's slowly evolving and growing. That's just, that's amazing. Because <laughs> it's one of those things where you never really think that that's a hole that's missing in someone's mm-hmm. life. It's not the first thing that someone thinks of as mm-hmm. something that's missing. And for somebody to come up to you after you do poetry and say like, hey, like, I like what you're bringing to the table. Can you bring the table to me? <laughs> like mm-hmm. that is, that's, that's powerful. You know, the words yeah. that you were saying really resonated with people. Mm-hmm. And to see people of color, you know, melanin people, you know, expressing themselves. Um, and part of my purpose in doing this is to show us that it's okay to enjoy what it is that you like when it comes to sex. It's okay to be expressive to your partner. And, you know, sex is is something that you shouldn't be ashamed about. It's natural. It's something we all do. However, I think in our community, it's still a taboo topic. And so, you know, my mission, my goal, my purpose is to be like, look, forget the stereotypes, forget the taboo, you know, if you like anal sex, okay, who am I to judge you? That's between you and your partner. But if you're going to do it, at least learn how to do it. <laughs> right? Learn how to do it right. Exactly. And you're right. Within the BIPOC community, like, we didn't grow up having open conversations about sex and sexuality. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. we become awkward adults that don't want to talk about it. It's exactly. Really, you have to teach yourself and pull yourself out of that awkwardness. Mm-hmm. So to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of is perfect. Mm-hmm. So that's why I enjoy doing it. <laughs> Did you have the support of your family and your friends when you told them that you wanted to do this and become a sexuality coach? My friends, yes. It took me a while to tell my mom just because it's, it's mom. Oh, but, yeah. you know, um, when I did tell her, she was very supportive. And actually, she was like, you know, I'm very impressed that you are bold enough to do what you do. And so, she, you know, she does ask, you know, how are your classes going? And so now, you know, just being able to talk to her about it, because we didn't talk about sex growing up. So here I am teaching about it. And so, you know, for her to to be supportive feels really good. It's like, okay, so now at 45, I get to tell my mom and talk to my mom about, you know, sex. Right. And even at that age, you're still kind of hesitant in a sense. You're like, oh. Yeah. That's mom. Yeah. Like, are you sure you're open to this? Like, you got to you gotta double check. Like, am yeah. I going to get my ass whooped right now for talking yeah. about sex toys? <laughs> like, I just, I'm just clarifying. Like, yeah. we're having an open and honest conversation right now. Mm-hmm. And you're open, right. honest conversation, yes. So it's good to have her support. It really feels good. And, of course, my friends, you know, they always support. Amazing. <laughs> it makes such a difference when you have a support system. 
even Mm -hmm. if it's just your friends or just your family like somebody being there to support you with something Mm -hmm. that you're passionate about makes all the difference it does it does it gives you that energy that you need exactly Mm -hmm. so how important is it for you to be knowledgeable about sexuality and about certain things that you want to talk to couples about like poetry and setting the mood in their bedroom and all that stuff like how important is it for you to be knowledgeable about that stuff so you know with sex is such a a broad topic and it's so many different layers and so always educating myself on um the anatomy you know always educating myself on how couples should talk, how that conversation should look like when it comes to communication, Um, and just really educating myself on, oh gosh, it could be something as like orgasms, you know, forever learning that. That's like the big thing. And so really, you know, my biggest thing is to make sure that I continue to read, that I join various uh, groups that I am going to different networking events because you can learn from from there. And so just finding ways to be a part of other um, sexologist networking events and groups. And actually I signed up to be a participant at Sex Down South. It's in Atlanta and it's a big sex conference. Yes, I used to live in Atlanta, so. Really? Yeah, I lived in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. All the people of color, it just makes you feel more comfortable. <laughs> yes. So, you know, being part of that makeup and learning from others is is great. And so, you know, that's what I do every day. I sit up and I listen to other sexologists and, you know, figure out, oh, okay, that's something I didn't think about. Or um, most recently, um, a young lady, she wanted me to be on her panel in North Carolina but it was dealing with intimacy and sex when you have a chronic illness. A lot of times we don't think about that, but it's very real. And so in our community, you know, sickle cell can be prominent. So how can you be intimate with that person? What does dating look like for you? If you, you know, are plagued with uh, sickle cell, what do you do? And so that made me open up my eyes to think, okay, I need to start doing more research on that so I can at least talk about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In order for you to talk about it, you have to be knowledgeable about it, right? So exactly. I like the fact that you're always willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Because and you have to be. Sometimes teachers and coaches and like therapists and all sorts of stuff, like they kind of have a cap on learning. Mm-hmm. Like they, they know what they know. And Mm -hmm. what they know is what they're going to bring to the table. And you can't tell them anything else because they're all knowing. And to hear you say that you want to like research on certain things Mm -hmm. and you're constantly learning. That's, that's amazing. Like that's the kind of, that's the kind of coach I would want, you know, somebody who is willing to be open about learning different things that they've never thought about before. Yeah. And if it's something that, you know, someone may ask me and I don't know the answer, I'm going to say, hey, look, I don't know. Let me find out and give you the correct answer. But you can never stop learning. I mean, that's what I tell couples in my classes. 
you know, you still have to learn your partner. Just because you've been married 20-something years, you're empty nesters now. You are relearning each other all over again. And so I've had at least around four couples attend class, same scenario. We're in our 50s. We've been married 14, 20-something years. The kids are out the house. Yeah, but do we truly know each other? So you're always educating yourself. At least you should be. Right. Mm-hmm. I, humans, we're supposed to be forever growing. And oh, exactly. Evolution is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And who wants to be stale and stagnant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one wants to do that. And if you want to do that, then you're probably not going to be a good coach. Exactly. Exactly. So you always have to read and learn new things and just continue to educate yourself. That makes you a better person, I think. What do you enjoy most about owning a taste of sex? What do I enjoy most? Wow. It would be the fact that I get to actually help people. Um, I enjoy it because I'm providing a service that is unique. It's different. You know, I'm not reinventing the wheel when it comes to sex. But in this day and age, it is something that needs to be talked about. I enjoy the fact that I get to meet new people. And most importantly, that they are trusting me to talk to them about their most intimate desires or they have trust issues. You know, whatever that is that's going on in their relationship, they're comfortable enough to come to me. So I enjoy that part, that, that trust level that's involved. So it just makes me go, 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 go. <laughs> What's in the future for a taste of sex? Oh gosh. So I have a tour coming up uh, this summer and I will be in Houston, Atlanta, Seattle, and California, really focusing on building more partnerships with other sexologists. Um, as the brand continues to grow, I'm going into sensual yoga. So I'll have a, a, a clothing line for yoga and, you know, working on my master classes. So if you wanted to be able to teach this curriculum, then that's where it will be available for you. So I'm working on that, just okay. making this a big brand. And if I could be the sexologist to the stars, oh, I would love it. Oh my God. I love what you have planned for the future. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to be the black doctor. You said before, <laughs> you said clothing, like what? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Come through with taste. Yes. yes. I love it. <laughs> so do you feel like there's a stigma about being so involved within the adult world and adult play and all that stuff? I, I do. I think, um, you know, first of all, I'm a black woman. And so I'm talking about sex. Mm-hmm. And so the shock value sometimes it's like, oh my goodness. Or when it comes to my, my pictures that I post, it's like, oh my goodness, she shouldn't be showing that or whatever. I think there is a stigma to what it is that we're talking about, just the subject matter itself. Some people may not know how to handle that, but we are breaking down these walls, these barriers. You know, um, 
our European counterparts have no problem expressing themselves sexually. They've been doing that for years. We're just now saying it's okay for me to, to express myself. It's okay for me to get uh, th- or go to therapy, to get help. It's okay for me to seek counseling. Um, it's always been taboo for us. But now we're breaking down those walls. We are educating ourselves. We are going to you know, seek people out that can help us when it comes to our challenges or our goals sexually. And so the stigma is, I would say, is starting to shift. It's taking some time, but slowly but surely we are getting to where we need to be. We haven't caught up to them yet, of course, but we're, we're getting there. We're educating ourselves, I'll say that. It's crazy because mm-hmm. we've always been, like people of color have always been looked at as sexual. Oh, yeah. But yet we haven't for ourselves. Like mm-hmm. me as a black woman, I haven't for myself, like looked at myself as like a sexual being. I've come mm-hmm. into that. I've had mm-hmm. to learn that, but mm-hmm. I was never kind of told that. I was always told that young black girls, that we don't get to stay children for very long. Oh yeah. You know, cause mm-hmm. we are looked at as sexual being like when our hips come in and our curves come in, like all of that stuff, we end up being looked at as no longer children. Exactly. And, and so, like you said, you know, people look at us as these sexual objects, but yet we don't know how to look at ourselves as being sexy or beautiful or gorgeous or what have you. And so just, you know, breaking down that, that, that way of thinking and how we are portrayed or even looked at, even when it comes to um, the adult entertainment world, porn, how we are portrayed there is very crass, very, um, rough or harsh or I don't just I don't that's not that's not me I don't even think that's that's not you like that's that's no reflection of black people having yes it's not sensual at all treated superior like I don't have that feeling of having that sensuality Mm-hmm. softness right yes and exactly you're right in, in porn it's so taboo right like mm-hmm. interracial porn is still like a woo. <laughs> like, oh yeah but it's, it's like you know even like i said in the porn industry how we're portrayed is you know we have our little category but yeah. it it's very to me it's very crass just rough harsh and that's not, I don't have a connection to that at all. <laughs> it's for entertainment. I get it. Yeah. Like, not I want to be, be soft. I want to be looked yeah. at delicate. Mm-hmm. I have feelings. I want, I want that sensuality. I want those erotic massages. Like, I want all of that. I don't want roughness all the time and mm-hmm. I don't want to be looked at somebody who wants immediate roughness like exactly. that's not that's not what I want mm-hmm. but that's what's portrayed right mm-hmm. so it's really hard to break away from the stigmas so when it, it is you yourself are helping 
like others feel more comfortable within mm-hmm. their skin and with sexuality and with looking at themselves as beautiful as sexy mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it it changes right so you are exactly. really out here like making huge differences right yeah you know i also try to show women look you can be in your 40s and still be sexy you mm-hmm. can be i'm 45 and i have two kids so it's like you can still be in your mid 40s still be sexy and have had children It's okay to embrace it and to own it. And so that's what I I want them to receive that message. You know, so. How do you react when it comes to naysayers? How do I react when it comes to naysayers? Mm -hmm. All the haters out there. Oh, gosh. Um, I really don't react. I just keep doing what I do because they're going to follow me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, it is so true. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're right. If, I guess if you do have like people that are going to be haters and naysayers, they, they got to be following you in some way to know what they don't like. <laughs> so they got to be finding you and following you in some aspect of life. Right. Yeah. And those are the main ones that are reading the blog. They're watching the Instagram post. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, you can hate all you want. I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do. The people that are constantly on your page but don't want to follow. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, I was just like, hello. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know, we'll sign up for a class eventually. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I handle that. Has the pandemic, well, you said that you, your business grew within the pandemic. So I would say looking on the outside in, it has positively affected you? Oh, yes. Um, Mainly because it allowed for myself as well as everyone else to sit still and to think Mm -hmm. and to reflect. And so during that time of chaoticness that we had in the world, you know, we were in our houses trying to, well, at least I was. I was in the house trying to figure out, okay, what's my next plan going to be? You know, where do I go from here? It gave me that quiet time that I hadn't really had before. And so for, for myself, it allowed me to grow, to, to figure out, okay, this is what I want to do. Now I'm not going to do that. And so the pandemic for me was... Um, a time of, of growth, a time of reflection, a time to just to clear my head, time to to do that critical thinking and problem solving, you know, um, a time to dig deep in myself and figure out how I want to express myself sexually, you know, just for me personally. Um, so yeah, and that's when I started saying, okay, I can do this, I can do this. And then over the course of time, the business just continued to grow, but allowing me to create the foundation is what the pandemic really did for me. Definitely getting in touch with your oneness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Self-reflection. I Mm -hmm. I think that you, 
hit the nail on the head with that because it, it for me and you it was truly a time of self-reflection right like yeah it was definitely that moment of being like what do I want to actually bring into this world like what mm -hmm. what is the impact that I want to do and mm -hmm. what do I want to what mark am I trying to leave exactly you know it was a time to figure out okay what do I want to give birth to I'm through having kids like that's just forget that but what do I want to to create? And so, yeah, it was a year of truly, like you said, self-reflection. Hey! <laughs> Has social media helped make a positive impact for your business? Uh, yes, um, it has when I can stay on social media because a lot of the stuff is, you know, taken down because of not uh, following the community guidelines. Oh, the show uh, banning. Oh, so annoying. So annoying. Um, the blue book is out, is not always my friend. Um, so I have yet to discover, which is, it's, uh, it's okay. It's cool because it's allowed me to figure out how else can I get my message out? What else can I do? to show these images you know what other formats or platforms are there so i can't effectively communicate to to the audience so that made me look at uh, patreon youtube uh even twitter when i figure out how to work it um instagram is instagram is is, is good uh, to a certain extent but then once again if you post something that that could get you violated as well. Um, TikTok has been been beneficial until it was taken down, but just really allowing me time to figure out, okay, well, I need to create a mailing list. So let me get my email list together because I can put whatever I want to on my website. So, you know, that's how social media has, has been good, but at the same time, it can... Uh, I don't want to say a setback. It just makes me think how else I can evolve, how else I can evolve with my business when I do get taken down. <laughs> or I'm in Facebook jail. Facebook jail. <laughs> yeah. Instagram jail. Can't be yeah. out here posting yeah. anything, liking anything, putting anything. Yeah. You just have to be silent. <laughs> You just exactly. look at it while the world goes by and you're just like, oh, that's nice. I yeah. would love to repost or comment on this, but I can't. But I can't. But I can't. So, yeah, right now I'm in Facebook timeout. Um, I can still post, but I can't go live for like 30 days or something. It's, so it's crazy. Yeah. As much so. as people want to say, oh, like, we all have our voices and stuff. It's really hard to express your voice. It is. It is. It is. It is. Um, and then you see where others can probably get away with being expressive. Oh, yeah. And some of us who may not look the same, we cannot. So how can we get our voice to be heard on what platform, what level? Oh, yeah. How we can be creative um, when it comes to the certain hashtags that I use. I try not to use the word sex all the time. 
because that may get flagged. So That's being creative, <laughs> yes, it, it has made me become really creative and think outside the box. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is amazing how your mind just creates these, like, words that are supposed to mean something but are parallel to it completely different Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it works and you're just like okay all right banana it is (laughs) banana it is um yeah not actually spelling out s-e-x maybe i put like a i replaced the e with something else right what are your thoughts on slut shaming Mm-hmm. I never really thought about that. Slut shaming. I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. I know that it's out there. Um, I would say, huh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think people are going to slut shame us at any point in time. Yeah. I mean, from what you wear, or how you speak, how you look. Um, I said, just go on with your life and not let it get to you. People are going to try to come at you and make you feel bad and call you out your name. Um, People will judge you. But my thing is that's when you have to have this tough exterior for the most part and not let those people hinder what you have going on. Because it's just nature of the beast life unfortunately and people do it all day long yep mm-hmm. I've never truly encountered that um, I will have people say and I just can't believe you posted that you know it's like well there's nothing wrong with the picture it's very tasteful so you just mad because you're not doing it <laughs> <laughs> you're mad because I thought of it first <laughs> yeah What when it comes to slut shaming? Is that something that you have been, I guess, a victim of? Um, I feel like online, I've had a couple people say certain things. Um, usually regarding like, how would your mother feel if you if she knew that you were doing X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z? And it's like, you know, I just kind of look at it like everyone's parents live their life and they chose to live their life the way that they lived it. And they chose to bring you up the way that they did. Right. So mm-hmm. I can choose my own path. <laughs> and oh yeah. Usually I'm just like, this person's whack. And it's just like delete <laughs> because clearly you haven't figured out your own path and mm-hmm. your path right now is just full of hate and usually jealousy. Mm-hmm. Usually it's like jealous, right? They're jealous that they didn't think of it. They're jealous that they can't be as open. They're Mm -hmm. jealous that they live their life for others and not themselves. And it is what it is. You know, I would say when you were talking about they're jealous that they aren't as open, that's a big thing. And I think a lot of times uh, people are like... um, I wish I could be that open or that expressive mm-hmm. and not give a fuck. You know, I wish I could do that. Exactly. And I think that's when it comes into play that um, 
that that's when they, I don't know if it's jealousy or whatever it is, but they see that. And instead of saying, oh man, I, you know, let me get some tips on, you know, to learn from her instead of bashing her, yeah, you know, but to be open and to be um, unapologetically myself, you know, is something that I truly take, you know, take pride in. I think at the age of 40, I woke up on my birthday and was like, I'm doing me. I don't care about what anyone else thinks. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. And you have to eventually be like that. Exactly. And not care what people think. Because people are always going to talk. They're always going to have something to say, good or bad. What do you hope listeners take away from listening to this episode? Um, I hope the takeaway would be to be comfortable in your own skin. Um, be comfortable with your sexuality. Embrace it, own it. Don't get caught up in what other people say. Um, you know, it is okay to learn new and different things when it comes to sex and pleasure. Educate yourself is the big thing. And just have fun. Have fun discovering what it is that you like. You know, um, if you're in a relationship, discover together. If you're single, discover on your own to figure out what it is that you truly, you know, truly like. And embrace those pleasures. Um, I would also want them to take away, um, I'm big on affirmations. Oh, yes. I'm big on, you know, it's it's all in here. You know, your way of thinking. Um you know, how are you speaking to yourself? Are you speaking positively to yourself? So, you know, it all starts the mindset, changing your mindset from the negative to the positive. Yep. Those be the biggest takeaways and all of that. Change and to have good mindset. sex. Yes. 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 Good sex. <laughs> and if you guys no, can't have that, give us, give us your social medias. Your email. Let, let us know what they are. So you can follow me on Instagram, twilabee.goode. You can follow me on Facebook. It is A Taste of Sex, Erotic and Intimacy Coaching. And my website is twilabegood.com. And the classes are in person and they are on Zoom as well. So for all those people that aren't where you are, they still get you. They still yes. get a taste of sex. <laughs> yes, they do. They still get a taste of sex. They sure do. Mm-hmm. And that's how they can find me. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us today and educating us and like just just giving us your time and giving us a little bit more insight onto how to make our lives a little bit more pleasurable. Yes, thank you so much. Make sure you drink your water. Wine is good too. Oh. And sex should never leave a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. If it is, then they ain't drinking enough water. <laughs> exactly that part. All right, right there. <laughs> so thank you and 
I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. This is this is gonna be yes. Thank you for having me all the way in Canada. You will have to be on my show right here in in Texas as well. Yes, of course. Hit me up, girl. Hit me up. I will definitely let you know. All right. So for everyone listening, thank you so much. Thoughtfully yours, the Thoughtful Hope.